Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Everyone say hope. hope. So we see then that hope comes from the Scriptures which are written for our learning. In the book of Psalms 119, verses 114, he says, You are my hiding place and my shield, and I hope in your word. Our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in the word. Amen? If one's hope is in the world, they have no hope. Because without God, they are without a covenant, which is the equivalent of being without hope. Now we know that the enemy comes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he comes to rob, steal, and destroy hope for men and women of this generation. In the world, hope quickly runs out. But thank God there's hope in the Word. Say it with me. There's hope in the Word. So I encourage you to stay in the Word. One of the things that the Lord just impressed my heart with of the four things was read the Word of God daily. You know, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So let his Word dwell in you richly and your hope will stay at a high level. So in defining hope then tonight... Hope is basically having a confident, favorable expectation, an expectation of something desirable based on the word. Another definition of hope would be this, an earnest, heartfelt expectation of something good based on the facts of God's word. It also carries with it this thought to hope with an outstretched neck expecting. Amen. The Greek literally says it this way, to be intensely expectant, to be confidently looking forward to something you fully expect to happen. You have your expectors out. Are you expecting God to do some awesome things in you and for you and through you? Say, may I'm hoping in God. I'm hoping in his word. Now, there's an interesting verse of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. So let's look at that in the Amplified. It says, Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. So we know that your soul is made up of your mind, right? Your will and your emotions. So something that anchors something, it serves as an to hold an object, if you will, firmly in place. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions, and sometimes your soul will get unstable and unsteady on you, especially when you've been waiting on the Lord and waiting for the manifestation for quite a while. Amen? And so an anchor, then, keeps you from drifting. Hope, my brothers and sisters, can keep your soul and it keeps your mind at rest in the midst of turbulent waters. Active hope that is established in God's word will bring stability to my soul and to your soul. Hope will keep you at rest. It'll keep you firm and steady when your mind is being bombarded by the thoughts of giving up. And every one of us have had thoughts of giving up. Amen. Where does that thought come from? That thought doesn't come from above. That thought comes from beneath. 
And what are we to do with thoughts that come from beneath? We're to cast them down. Amen? Say it with me. I'm casting down every imagination. Now, the passage of time is a major dream thief. Have you found out that to be true? Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, we want to look at that in verse 35 and verse 36 this evening. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, or in other words, which you are confidently and favorably expecting to happen. Don't cast away that confidence. Now, why is that? Because it has great recompense and reward. You know, God rewards faith. He rewards people that trust Him. Amen. And then, of course, verse 36, what we've been teaching on Wednesday nights. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, what might you do? So that you might receive the promise. Amen. Now, in my studies a while back, I found a very interesting scripture about unfading hopes or how to keep your hopes from going dim, how to keep your hopes alive. It's interesting because it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and the context I understand is on the love of God, but I want to borrow that for a moment and talk to you about unfading hopes this evening and how you can Fight the good fight of faith to keep your hopes alive, to keep your dreams alive, and to keep your hope activated so that you don't become weary in well-doing. Amen? Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7, it says, Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Of course, that's the love part. But notice, he says, its hopes are faithless, under all circumstances, and endure everything without weakening. Everyone say, fadeless hopes. Have you ever been tempted to give up on a loved one? Have you ever been tempted to give up and say, well, you know, this is just the way it's always going to be. The future looks dim. I think every one of us have been in that position before. But when we're operating in true biblical hope, hope is not wishful thinking. This hope that we're talking about is not worldly hope. It's biblical hope. It has substance to it. It will keep you strong in the midst of your midnight hour. Somebody say amen. Amen. We can keep our hopes alive. And to do that, you've got to stay stirred up. Amen. It's a spiritual activity. That you're functioning in. Not talking yourself into some sort of natural hope. But it's spiritual based on the word of God. The force of hope will drive despair right out of your life. The force of hope will drive discouragement right out of your life. The force of hope will wake you up in the morning with a smile on your face. Saying what Oral Roberts used to say. Something good. Something good is going to happen to you today. Amen. So keep your hopes alive. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, he says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope or unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. One main reason why hope can stay alive is because He's alive. I said, he's alive. He's the God of hope. He's the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of hope. And you know what? 
It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So in all circumstances, our hopes must not fade. Don't give up on your hope. When hopes fade, they become dim like a light that fades and loses its brightness. When someone is hopeless, they lose their freshness, they lose their vigor, they lose their strength, and sometimes even lose their health. We don't want to lose any of that, do we? And so then we must stay stirred up to maintain a posture, a disposition of expectancy. Smile. Say, I'm expecting good things. So then how then, what do we do? How do we keep our hopes from fading? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at Psalm 42, verse 5. And let's notice in the Amplified Version. Psalm 42, 5 in the Amplified says, Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? He says, hope in God. Now notice this. And wait. But how are we waiting? We're waiting expectantly for him. And then he says, you know what? He says, I'm going to praise him because he is my help. He is my hope. And he is my God. Now that word disquieted there means to murmur, to cry aloud, to mourn, to be in tumult, to be clamorous, to be disquieted, to be moved, to be troubled, and even to be in an uproar. And so David was saying there were some things going on in his life that were causing some difficulty for him to stay focused. Now, number one, a major key to keeping your hopes alive and from fading is number one, wait on the Lord. I want you to write that down or put it in your notes, whatever the case, or just deposit it in your spirit. Wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. In Isaiah, in verse 31 of of chapter 40, he says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect... Now notice we're seeing that word expect over and over again tonight, right? Expect, look for, and hope in Him. Here's what will happen. They'll change and renew their strength and their power. Does your strength ever need to be renewed? Absolutely. And so does mine. And when this happens, we will lift up our wings and we will mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun. We'll run and will not be weary. We'll not walk and not faint or become tired. In other words, we will not fade. Now listen, here's what happens in this exchange, in this time of waiting, in this time where you're one on him, one on one with him face to face. When you wait on him, you will be reminded of just how good he is. You'll be reminded that in your natural ability, you can't do it, but you're relying on his ability. Come on. I'm relying on his ability to see this place paid in full. It's certainly in my good looks or my ingenuity or what kind of condition I'm in. No, it's the condition of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Looking unto Him. Now, in Lamentations, he says it like this. He says, but this I recall, and therefore I have hope and expectation. Recall some things that the Lord has done for you in the past. 
You know what I do sometimes um, when I'm tempted to lose hope or tempted to lose vision or tempted to let some dreams go? Sometimes I'll just look at pictures of you. And sometimes I'll, I'll look at pictures of the congregation on Easter Sunday where it's jam-packed. And I'll look at the altar just being jam-packed. Sometimes I'll just sit at my computer at home and I'll watch that video that you all put together of Vision 2014. And it always renews my hope. When I look at the children and when I look at the youth and I see what God is doing in their lives and when I see the potential in those young ones, it literally brings tears in my eyes at my computer. Hallelujah. I might have gone into that bedroom, that office discouraged, but when I left, I was encouraged in the Lord because I recall to my mind what God has already done. And so it's good to look back and see what the Lord has done. It's good to rejoice and be thankful for what he has done. Because what it does, it builds hope and experience for your future. Hallelujah. Say it with me, my future is bright. Because I'm walking in the light. But this I call and therefore recall and therefore I have hope and expectation. It's because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed because his tender compassions do not fail. They are new, not every year, not every week, not every month. They are new every morning. And then he says, great and abundant is your stability and your faithfulness. The next verse says, the Lord is my portion or share, says my living being, my inner self. Therefore, because of this, will I hope in him and I will wait expectantly for him. Will you do the same? And in verse 25, it says, you know, the Lord's good to those who wait and hopefully expect for him. To those who seek him, inquire for him, and require by him of necessity and the authority of his word. It is good that one should hope in and wait quietly for the salvation, the safety, and ease of the Lord. So number one, say it with me. I'm waiting waiting. on the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Now number two, here's how you can keep your hope alive. Now... There's probably be about 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 of these principles and keys. I'm just going to share with you a few and you add yours. Because this will help you to keep your spirit man filled with hope. Bubbling over with expectancy. Amen. You know, these folks that went out on the street today and led 180 some people to the Lord. They didn't go out there with a sense of inferiority. They didn't go out there with a sense of, well, gee, I know you don't want to hear what I have to say. No, they went out there confidently and boldly, not in themselves, but in the Lord. And not only that, they were expecting people to come into the kingdom of God. And when you expect things to happen, glory to God, they begin to happen. You carry on the inside of you the answer for the world, the hope of the world. And so we ought to keep put our shoulders back, glory to God, open our mouth with grace, and let God be God. Amen? You know, people outside these walls really need Jesus. So now, a second key 
To keeping your hopes alive and keeping them from fading is stay glad. Stay filled with joy. You know, Brenda's sweet spot in her ministry is the joy of the Lord. How many of you know the joy of the Lord's on the inside of you? But just like hope, joy's got to be maintained. Because joy will leak, will it not? That's why the Bible says rejoice. Amen? You cannot rejoice. You cannot rejoice that... Well, I lost my thought. All right. You can't rejoice if you haven't joiced. Thank you. All right. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, 28. Thank you, Lord. Hope thou in God. Amen. Keep it alive. Keep it stirred up. Amen. Whatever you got to do, do it. Whatever you got to do, you better just do it. Do it. Do what you got to do to keep yourself filled with hope. Proverbs 10, 28 says, The hope of the uncompromisingly righteous, the upright, in right standing with God, is gladness. But the expectation of the wicked, those who are out of harmony with God, comes to nothing. But you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So this hope of the uncompromisingly righteous is gladness. Now look at Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13, Amplified says this. Now may the God of your hope, this is my prayer for you tonight. May the God of your hope so fill you with joy and peace in your believing through the experience of your faith. Now listen, that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound and may you be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. Glory to God. Bubbling over. Bubbling over. Hallelujah. Bubbling over with hope. You can't keep a hopeful person down. I mean, a hopeful person can walk into a room where a bunch of despondent people are and just light the place up. Hallelujah. Be overflowing with joy. So stay glad. Stay full of joy. A third major key is this. Is remember your covenant. Everyone say, I will remember my covenant. In 1 Chronicles 16, 15, it says this, that we will be mindful always of His covenant. Be mindful always of His covenant. Now, how many of you know that when you understand covenant and you do your best to do your part and to keep your part of the covenant, He will not withhold anything that you have a right to. We serve a God of covenant The God of covenant says, what's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. All I have and all that I am is for you. And all that you have and all that you ever were is for me. Guess who's on the better end of the deal? We're heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so... When we are mindful of this covenant, man, it just cannot help 
but inspire you and fill you with hope. Now, here's what you've got to do, though. When the devil starts talking to you, you've got to talk back. Never allow that rat to have the last word. I'm encouraging you. Listen to these words. Speak, declare, voice, talk, verbalize the word of God. Whether you feel like it or not. And that will keep your hope alive. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. From the King James, first of all, it says, So let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. The Amplified says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure and faithful to his word. Now, let's just look at that last part of that verse. Say this with me. He who promised promised is reliable. He who promised. Is sure, is sure. And he who promised, and he who promised is, faithful is faithful to his word. Now, when the word of God says he is faithful, that means that he can be trusted. Right? I like that. For he who promised is reliable, he's sure, and he's faithful to what? To his word. He can be trusted. Amen? And so what he's looking for then on our part, because he is reliable, because he is sure, and because he is faithful to his word, the first part of the verse is our part. That is to seize, hold fast, and retain what he's reliable to. Hold fast, retain... What he is faithful to. Without, now notice, without wavering. Without wavering. Now, when a person wavers, what do you see? What's that picture? A double-minded man. But it's like a wave of the sea, right? Back and forth, up and down. When our lives are back and forth and up and down, we're wavering. And when we're wavering, we're not holding fast and retaining to that hope and that word, which is sure and reliable and what he's faithful to. Amen. So there is our responsibility. There is our part that we must play. You see, in the things of God, there's always the God word side and there's the man word side. Holding fast to the profession of our faith. Amen. Holding on because he's reliable. Amen. Amen. He's worthy to be trusted. So he says here again, he says, um, let's go back to that verse. He says here again, so let us seize, grab it, take it and hold fast and retain without wavering this hope which we cherish and confess. Amen. So I'm encouraging you tonight for this short message, this sermonette, if you will. I'm encouraging you tonight to talk your hopes. Hold fast to your hopes. 
What God has said to you will not come to pass automatically. What God has promised doesn't come automatically without us holding on and holding fast and talking the answer and not the problem. Now, in closing, I want you to turn to Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. He says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will render double to you. Another translation says, Turn ye or return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare, hey, he's declaring some things. He's faithful. He's sure. He's reliable. He says, even today, I declare that I will restore double. Everyone say double. Double for your trouble. Double your pleasure. Amen. Double. He said, I will restore double to you. Now listen to this very carefully and keep that uh, verse of scripture up there. I'm not exactly sure which translation that one is. I didn't write it down in my notes. But let's keep that up there. Prisoners of hope. Is it the Amplified? Let's look at the Amplified, guys, if we can. And work with this just for a few moments. Zechariah 9.12. Double birdie. Eagle. What's that got to do with the message? Nothing. All right. So return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. Now, of course, the setting is here. and He's talking about the children of Israel, talking about them returning. But it also is applicable to us as New Testament believers. Say amen. So, prisoners of hope, let's look at that for a moment. Prisoners of hope is an expression used to describe those that have waited a long, long time for a specific prayer to be answered. Actually, this expression is a little misleading. In reality, it is hope which is the prisoner which we lock up in our hearts and refuse to allow hope to escape or to leave our lives. The word prisoners in this verse is a translation of a Hebrew word, verb, which means to tie down, to hold down, to bind in order to keep one's place. And that's exactly what God wants to do, wants you to do in your life. He wants you to hold that hope in your heart. Verbalize it with your mouth and refuse to let it escape. Refuse to let it go. Because here's what happens in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. 
The message in Proverbs 13:12 says this, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. I love this. But a sudden good break can turn life around. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. We preached on breakthrough in the first service today. We preached on the name of Jesus in the second service. We're preaching on hope in the third service. A sudden breakthrough. A sudden breakthrough. The name of Jesus breaks every chain. The breaker, the Lord of the breakthrough goes before us. And he's into suddenly a sudden breakthrough. Can turn life around. Woo, glory. So he says, well, Pastor Mark, it's been a tough year. It's been a difficult year. I'm behind on my bills. Well, I got good news for you. The year ain't over yet. Do I need to say that again? I got good news for you. The year ain't over yet. Amen. Yeah, Pastor Mark, it's been a tough year. I've got a bad report from a doctor. I got good news for you. You are still breathing. You are still moving. You're still alive. And as long as he's on the throne, there's hope. Amen. Glory to God. I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm not letting hope go. I'm believing God for rain in the time of the latter rain. I'm believing for revival in the Bay Area. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel some days. I'm believing for the goodness of God to show up in the land of the living. Amen. And I'll preach it to empty chairs, and I'll preach it to one, I'll preach it to a thousand, I'll preach it to ten thousand, I'll shout it from the housetops, I'll do whatever i got to do to keep my hope alive. Amen. And you can do the same thing. But you got to get just a little sassy where the devil's concerned. He's been talking to you too much, talking to you, and you haven't been speaking up. It's time for you to speak up. It's time for you to release your faith. It's time for you to put that skunk on the run. Amen? So, unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break, suddenly, 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 glory to God, suddenly an angel comes in and gives you a new body part that you might need. Suddenly, glory to God, you get a promotion on the job. Suddenly, God speaks to someone to give you a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand or a million dollars. Suddenly that lost loved one comes from afar and is once again being nursed at your side. Suddenly your husband turns from a grouch to a spirit-filled Holy Ghost man of God. Suddenly. Hallelujah. A sudden good break can turn life around. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. So hold fast to your hope. Retain it. Don't let it go. Amen? Don't allow your hopes to fade. Believe for suddenlies and believe for sudden breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over the process of time, over the years that we've been in ministry, we have seen God do some 
wonderful things for just common, ordinary people like us. Just do some awesome things. And to do it suddenly. Suddenly. In this church, we've seen God use some unlikely people to sow some suddenly big seeds. I mean, at a time when we really needed it. I mean, at a time when our back was up against the wall. Suddenly, here comes a check for 40000 Here comes a check for 60000 Here comes a check for 100000 Suddenly. That's why when I give the heart for the house report, I'm not moved. Because my eyes are not on you. My eyes are on Him. And as long as I keep my eyes on Him, Him always comes through. Him always causes you to triumph. When Him is number one, Him will put you over. Somebody says, why are you standing on that chair? Because I want to. Hallelujah. Suddenly. Shekarabasata. George and Terry got us suddenly. Got an inheritance they knew nothing about. And suddenly. Hallelujah. Well, now, Pastor Mark, I know that happens for some people, but it's never happened to me. Get out of the land of self-pity. Get out of that land. Get in a bus and get away from that as quick as you possibly can. Get over to the land of faith. Get over to the land of hope. Get over the land where God is sure, where God is true, and God is reliable to His Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Lock it down in your heart. Dick Mills, years ago, he used to give scriptures out at full gospel businessmen meetings and And these scriptures very often would just bear witness with your spirit to exactly what you were going through. And Dick Mills said this, that an airline attendant recognized him on a flight and told me that eight years earlier in the church, they had given her a scriptural promise from the Lord that her husband would be saved. That's a good word, isn't it? And so here's what she did. She locked that verse up in her heart and she kept it. Now, her husband's actions and lifestyle did not encourage her. So she was tempted to give up. But she kept holding on to the promise as a prisoner of hope. Later, her husband was not only saved, but he began family devotions in the home and enrolled in a local Bible study group. Her hope, now listen to this, resulted in a double portion. Salvation of her mate... And future as the wife of a minister of the gospel. Friend, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Because of his faithful promise, even the prisoners are prisoners of hope. I don't know if you've let some hopes go. I don't know if you've let some dreams die. But I just believe the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is strong enough in this place to cause an infusion of hope back into your life. Stand up, everybody. Let's raise our hands and thank Him for what we've heard tonight. Father, we thank You so much. I'm encouraged tonight, Lord. I just appreciate it. I've encouraged myself in the Lord. It's like Brother Hagin used to say. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Like Brother Hagin used to say. You know who I mean, Brother Hagin. He used to say, I've done it again. I preached myself happy. (laughs) Woo, 
glory. I've helped myself. I've preached myself. <laughs> and I hope you're happy tonight too. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we got some time to rejoice. We got some time to pray. We got some time to believe God. Brenda's got something. How many want to hear what she's got? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know, when Pastor read that verse over in Zechariah about double, I was reminded, I have a note to reference over to Isaiah chapter 61 in verse 7. I, I always use these two scriptures together. It says this in the Amplified. Just listen. You don't have to sit down. It says, instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, you shall your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited, and everlasting joy shall be theirs. Some of you may have heard the same that I heard from Joyce Meyer years ago said that word recompense in the Greek is the same or the Hebrew, the same word that we get compensate from. Many of you have jobs that offer you workers compensation. And what does workers compensation do? If you get hurt on the job, you are still paid. And this verse is telling us if you get hurt, Perhaps in the kingdom of God, I know that Christians hurt Christians. It shouldn't go on, but it does happen. Perhaps somebody in your family has hurt you. But I want to tell you, according to the word of God, you don't have to carry shame. You don't have to carry hurt around in your heart. If you will let that go, God will give you double for your trouble. He will give you a twofold recompense. God's got a worker's compensation program that is out of this world. Hallelujah. So I just felt to tell some of you, you may be you might be harboring a little bit of hurt, a little bit of oh man, a shame or whatever. Let it go. Say God, I'm going to let that drop. Whatever those people tried to steal from me, whatever they tried to take away from me, I'm going to let it go because you're going to give me double. Hallelujah. I'm going to tap in to your compensation program. I'm not kidding. I just keep hearing it right now. Double for your trouble. Hallelujah. Let God compensate you. Tap in right now to that double. Rumbre subrata. If you need to let some things go, let it go. Release people. Don't harbor that hurt. Forgive them in the name of Jesus right now. And God's going to bless you. Woo! Hallelujah. Talk about joy. Talk about freedom. When you let those things go, when you forgive people, glory to God, there's a joy. The world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for double for our trouble. Heavenly compensation. How many of you received that right now? Absolutely. In the name of Jesus.